Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Listening is Odyssey's commitment to mental health conversations. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, depression, anxiety, or mental illness, help is available. Call or text 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That's 988. The search is on for a tiny tourist submarine that went missing on its way down to visit the Titanic. But shipwreck exploration is not new to the Great Lakes, which have had an estimated 6,000 ships go missing on its waters. So what makes shipwreck exploration so alluring? People are drawn to shipwrecks. They're drawn to the stories. It's like one of the last adventures you can go on when you find a wreck. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Since Sunday, a story has captivated the nation. The story of a small submergible vessel carrying five passengers headed to the Titanic shipwreck going missing in the Atlantic. The expedition began with at most 96 hours of oxygen on board for the five people hoping to view the Titanic's wreckage. It is a uh, remote area. Uh, and it is uh, a challenge to conduct a uh, search in that remote area. Now rescuers are racing against the clock to find the missing submersible. Two years ago, the company OceanGate Expeditions began taking tourists. The price tag, around $250,000. Last summer, OceanGate hosted CBS Sunday morning correspondent David Pogue, who joined a group trying to visit the wreckage. My dive to the Titanic only lasted 37 feet down, and then it had a mechanical problem and had to be hoisted back onto the ship. This entire industry, this travel, adventure travel industry is dangerous. But experts say there's still hope. We still, in theory, have more than 30 hours to recover this unit if it has not flooded. That was the voice of CBS correspondent Roxana Severi as she breaks down the current situation. But to us here in Michigan, the idea of a shipwreck isn't unfamiliar. An estimated 6,000 ships have gone missing from the Great Lakes, with only 1,500 wrecks being discovered. But what about these wrecks is so interesting that people would risk their lives just to see them firsthand? I like the history of these shipwrecks, and I'm affiliated with a group that goes out and, and looks for shipwrecks. So when they do find something new, I get to be one of the first ones who's seen that ship in 100 or 150 years. It's always something exciting to do. Times have changed a little bit with safety because now we have GPS and we have good ship-to-shore radios. I don't know if that it's real likely that we'll ever see a big disaster again from a, a ship like the Fitzgerald with all the safety that we have with radar and 
looking, one of the wrecks that we dove, the Thomas Hume, it went down in the late 1800s, and there were, there are all kinds of artifacts on it. So we documented those for Michigan Shipwreck Research Associate and did a museum presentation on it. So we took pictures of everything and kind of showed the history, and it, it shows how people lived back then on a ship. So that's that's really interesting kind of stuff. That was the voice of Jeff Voss. He is a technical diver that explores the Great Lakes' many shipwrecks. That love for the history he claims to have seems to be a common trend, too, as Corey Atkins, the communications director for the Great Lakes Historical Society, reinforces that belief and adds that the thrill of exploration is also a draw. People are drawn to shipwrecks. They're drawn to the stories and they're drawn to the to what's down there and, and what it looks like. And it's like one of the last adventures you can go on when you find a, a wreck or when you discover something on the bottom of Lake Superior or even in the Atlantic. The Titanic is a, you know, it's world known and it's so deep that that's got to be somewhat of a thrill to go down there and, and see that. I mean, it's a lot deeper than the Fitzgerald. It's something to see a wreck up close and personal other than seeing it on on TV. So I think that is probably a lot of the draw adventurous people. Exploring the shipwrecks of the Great Lakes may be a thrill, but how is it done? Is there a concentrated search for these wrecks or do people simply stumble across them? Back to Corey. So the, the process is, is we get our vessel out there. We have a sonar towfish, which we pull behind our research vessel a long ways, about a quarter mile to a half mile. And we, we sink it pretty deep into the water. And that emits sonar images so we can see what's on the bottom. And then what we do is if we don't find anything in, in one 40-mile stretch, we just mark that off and we keep continuing to try to find and look other places where we know where we have not been. And when we find a, a target on our sonar, we can't go down right that day and, and figure out what it is. So we got to assemble another crew, go back out and put our ROV, which is a remote operated vehicle, down on the wreck to uh, hopefully positively identify it. Like last year, we found a wreck called the Marvin that went down in 1914, along with two other ships all the same day. Nobody knows what happened. But now we can start to unfold the mystery to see why those three ships went down all together on that bad storm. While the Great Lakes Historical Society sends a remote vehicle down to explore the wreckage, some people prefer to dive into the depths themselves, like Jeff. But what does being a technical diver entail? Technical diving is basically any diving beyond recreational depths. So recreational depth is using air in a regular scuba tank to dive down to 130 feet deep. And so beyond that, we use mixed gases. So we add helium to what we're breathing, and that becomes a majority part of the gas replacing nitrogen because nitrogen becomes narcotic beyond certain depths. So we use helium in our mix to go down to depths of about almost 400 feet deep. Exploring these wrecks isn't all fun and games, as we've learned this weekend. They come with a massive health risk. For Jeff, that risk is lethal if he surfaces too fast. Going deep, we have to decompress because the the nitrogen and helium in that we're breathing uh, will turn into bubbles into your bloodstream. And it's like, uh, so your 
your blood gets super saturated, like a bottle of Coke. So if you shake up a bottle of Coke, if you came up too fast, that's what your blood would do. It'd fizz all over and you wouldn't survive. So we have to come up slowly so that those bubbles in our blood, we can exhale them through our lungs. You have to be real careful with what you do. And some dives, I've been on one dive where we went about 370 feet deep for about a half hour. And it takes, with decompression, almost five hours to come to the surface. With over 1,500 wrecks discovered on the Great Lakes, I was curious, what makes our bodies of water so dangerous to these ships to begin with? Here's Jeff again. Storms can come up on the Great Lakes so fast. It gets so violent on the Great Lakes where out in the ocean, when uh, they have 20-foot waves, they're really uh, spread out. Whereas in the Great Lakes, they're a 20-foot wave, they're really close together and a, a ship can fall in the trough of a 20-foot wave here in the Great Lakes and, and get buried by it. A lot of them that I've been diving on went down because of ice. They would go out in December and January, a sudden storm would come in and freeze the hole into the ice and sometimes puncture it, and down it goes. Another issue that affected many of these ships is their weight. The most famous ship to sink on the Great Lakes, the Edmund Fitzgerald, was fully loaded when it was split in half during a storm. Back to Corey. Well, if you think about the Fitzgerald, the, the waves that night were 30, 40 foot waves. So they were breaking over the top of the pilot house. And, and if a wave hit that at the right time and it was fully loaded, they could crack in half like that. The Carl Bradley broke in half on, on Lake Michigan in 1958. The morale broke in half on Lake Huron in, in 1966. So that was not uncommon for that to happen, um, to, to find these big iron ships on the bottom of the lakes broken in half. Maybe they were too overloaded. Maybe the waves hit them hard. Maybe they were older ships. I mean, the Fitzgerald was totally loaded. But as the decades rolled on and technology advanced, tragedies like that on the Great Lakes have become less and less frequent. And then as technology moves forward, you start to invent radar, you know, and now you can pretty much tell the, the weather, you know, pretty good about five days out. So um, a lot, those are a lot of the safety considerations that have happened uh, out on the lakes. It's so neat to see these huge thousand foot ships in Whitefish Bay taking shelter from storms still to this day because they don't want to tempt the Great Lakes. Shipwrecks allow us to take a peek into the past to explore what once was. But doing so can be extremely dangerous as well. So when pursuing that thrill, make sure you stay safe along the way. Thanks to Roxana Saveri, Corey Atkins, and Jeff Voss for lending their expertise to this episode. And as always, this episode wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.